Hey guys, Jeff here. This is the second of a two-part podcast ranking the top 10 fast food game changers for 2019. If you haven't heard the first part of the episode, we recommend you starting there first. Thanks, guys. Guys, this episode of the Foobies Ketchup has a beautiful sponsor, and their names are Dean's Dairy Dip. It's my favorite dip on the market. It's versatile. You can use it as a straight-up dip or... You can incorporate it into a dish like a true food beast. And here's here's what I've been doing. I, I do a grilled cheese with it. I lather one end of it with uh, the French onion, Dean's Dairy Dip. That's my favorite flavor. And the other side, I just put whatever cheese I have available at my house. I put both the sides together and I lather the outsides actually again with more Dean's Dip instead of a butter. And then I grill it up in a pan. Uh, I flip it once, I cut it in half, I serve it, and everybody's happy. It's literally the easiest, dopest dish you can think of. So I need you guys to immediately go to the store safely, go to the dairy aisle, pick up some Dean's Dairy Dip, support the homies for supporting the podcast, support your stomach with a really delicious dish, and then tag me. Tag me on Instagram with whatever you create. Even if you're just dunking a burger or a chicken nugget into the Dean's Dairy Dip like a legend, do that and tag me because the more we support Dean's Dairy Dip, the more we support our Foobies family, the happier we all are. I'm saying, bro, it's just a beautiful vibe. So anyways, here's another beautiful episode of The Catch-Up. Welcome to The Catch-Up. Introducing your hosts, Eli Arith, editor and... Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news-breaking, food-porn-peddling, viral website on the dot-coms. It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy! There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. All right. And welcome to the catch-up. Number five. I'll let you guys start with this one because I have some thoughts, but I'll, what, what makes number five? Number five is Del Taco. And I'm saying that, <laughs> I'm saying that with a smile on my face because I'm just a big fan. Like, I, I've, just always, I've just always liked it. Um, I've always resonated toward it. And in my current stage of life... I have been trying to cut down my my meat intake and because I don't know if they were the first but I, I remember them being the first taco form. Yep. And yeah. and so that was something where I was like, "Oh shoot, the vessel that I crave regularly now has that option." Um and and so, you know, the fact that they were first to the taco form with Beyond and also which Costa you you and Izzy in the Food Beast video, like you guys showcased how they could put the Beyond Meat in tons of different menu items, essentially replacing the ground beef or the ground turkey and and pretty much not everything, but I think in a ton of stuff. I mean, the tray photo that I remember was at least ten or twelve items that you got. Oh, like you can with do Beyond. it. You can do it with anything where anything. it would be beef or steak. Like yeah. literally anything. What was cool is. They actually worked with Beyond to develop like a taco ground. So instead of it being like uh, like the burger meat just chopped up or like Beyond ground meat, it's like they got the custom spice blend and stuff in it already. It's dope. 
It's mm-hmm. good. Oh. And I think the first thing, you know, is, you know, the Del, the, the Del Taco, right? Where it's kind of more tomatoes and more cheese. Um, you know, I was, I was really curious if it was going to hold up, right? Because it's, again, from a fast food taco perspective, it's one of my favorites. And I really couldn't tell the difference. It felt like to me, whatever spice blend they were using for the turkey or for their ground beef is it got incorporated into the beyond. And then, you know, from a texture and flavor perspective, I could... It's like, why would I eat beef at that point? Because I couldn't even tell. Yeah, it was like the closest, I think, of anything so far to like the thing that was trying to emulate in terms of plant-based to meat that I've seen in fast food. And this includes some that we'll talk about later, like, you know, Beyond Burgers and Impossible Burgers and things like that. So it's really impressive. So I think the cool thing or the cool reason why... I mean, it's at number five, right? High. That's that's high. That's high yeah. on this list. It should be number one. They're just just a dumb lumbering <laughs> uncle who makes an amazing has an amazing menu, but doesn't know how to tell anyone about it. You I have think, to explain the uncle analogy before yeah, you go. Before I don't know why I'm saying uncle. I'm just saying like yo, Del Taco has been my favorite fast food growing up. Like it's up there with Del Taco, Carl's Jr. Those are like my two like favorite things, and. Del Taco has no freaking clue how to explain themselves. They're just this California brand, bread, and they have amazing menus. A lot of it is scratch made. Man, they're like cutting the cheese from a block in their stores, y'all. Like, they don't know how to talk about anything. So I was actually <laughs> really concerned when, and again, I love all this Beyond stuff and Impossible Foods, this plant-based move i love it like if i can lower my consumption of meat but still get similar flavors i'm with it i was really concerned because i know del taco doesn't know how to handle themselves so when i saw it go into a taco i'm like dude i i, I was like are they gonna like is their whole menu gonna why would you take a core item because they were one of the first in the fast food game to do it i think it worked because they were the perfect size of chain right they weren't a one location spot they're not taco bell size they're only on the west coast right now so it was a good birthplace for beyond meat or impossible foods to be in the fast food realm but i just know del taco is like this amazing cult brand that has quality they don't know how to explain and i i just thought they would fudge this up i think if the way that they've innovated and kept bringing up new menu items with beyond this year and they have an incredible breakfast menu del taco does they should be at number one they should have way more locations than they do they're just marketing his ass i'm sorry (laughs) but they still did like a lot of success even with that marketing this year, they've already sold over 2 million Beyond Meat tacos. Oh, yeah. And let me give you context for that number. So that that the Beyond launched, I believe, in April. And by June, they had sold 2 million of those tacos, which is, you know, over a million tacos. And again, I don't know exactly how many locations they have for scale. But what we do know is that they said it was one of their most successful launches of a menu item all time. And so that to me was one of the definitive reasons why it got into the five spot is you recognize the innovation um, by creating a proprietary product with, I don't, maybe not proprietary, but at least a new product with Beyond to match the consistency of a ground beef. 
you you launched it in your stores you were the first taco of scale to put you know a plant-based alternative out there and then it's changing your business like i think you deserve i think you deserve to be on there and mm-hmm. yeah they the marketing and pr and everything from the del taco side is lumbering like they they're they like sh- they sh- at this point they should know like we want stuff and when we want it and how we want it and all these things we've you know because we want to cover them decently regularly and it it's hard it's hard to work with them it's hard and this is coming from someone that wants to cover them right for the most part like positive <laughs> coverage on yeah. our site so you know that they, they have a, a a lot to work on there but to me why it's five it hits, the, it hits the bottom line, and when innovation hits the bottom line, I think it should be higher up there. Yeah, and Del Taco has 564 locations, mm. so that's the scale that they were able to do it at. And the other thing I like is that Del Taco did get across that Beyond Meat is something that you don't have to just get on the tacos or the burritos they launched. It's You can put it across their entire menu. Uh, one did they of, get that across, or did we get that across for them? Are they like... In and out before In and Out realized how cool they were, because like Del Taco, like again, when I first ordered the meat at Del Taco and on the taco that they advertised, thought it was great, and I ordered it on everything. You Costa, as a reporter and a thoughtful person, ordered it on everything because you knew our audience would like it. There's little things like, but here's what they here's what they did do. I don't think they conveyed it early on because I think if they had any semblance of of smarts to them in the marketing, I think they held out the way that we're going to talk about one of the future brands, like they knew that you could put it on any menu item, but they weren't advertising that they're advertising the taco, which is a huge yeah. opportunity lost because even, even though I watched your guys's video, our video, but I Costa, I watched you and Izzy guys in this room, watch you guys host a video where you put beyond on all these menu items. I still forgot. And I'm a Del taco frequenter. Like I still forgot that like, Oh, should I put this inside of a hamburger bun to like have a sandwich of it? Because that sounds like pretty interesting. And I never thought about it because I don't think I was ever. Look, I've got the Del Taco app on my phone. Like I I love Del Taco, but like it was never communicated outwardly from there of like use Beyond on anything you want because it's like, oh, use order these Beyond items. And they did expand their menu since like with the Beyond burritos and everything. But I would guess the majority of people listening to this podcast aren't aware that they can Beyond anything on the menu. So guys, Beyond it and then hit at Book of Eli, at Jeff Kutnick up in our DMs and tell us like what you ordered. By the way, best two items to get with the Beyond meat are the queso loaded fries. Okay. And okay. The, yeah, dude. And the breakfast burrito, like the epic oh, breakfast I burrito. Done it on the breakfast burrito. It is game changer. Yeah. Like I talk about, like we're talking game changers here. Yeah. Beyond meat breakfast burrito. That's game changer. You guys don't get me wrong. I, I might have like sounded kind of snarky about the whole del, like Del Taco is amazing. Like yeah. go, you will yeah. not go wrong on anything on their menu. It's it's it's, it's fantastic. operationally one of the best, well run places yeah location to location the quality stays high the menu items as much as they don't innovate at the potential fastest pace that we probably think so they still innovate in a way that still does their you know does it does the chain justice yeah hey costa what's their beyond burger equivalent that we got it was like 
something the something bun that's on their secret menu the bun taco the bun taco you have to just order like the double dell and tell them no beef patty i want the beyond meat that's how i ordered mine uh, i ordered the bun taco so that's what they actually call it they call it the bun taco and it's it's regularly like what is it regularly it's regularly like i'm gonna get that today it's so good it's (laughs) regularly just like their standard ground beef with like lettuce and tomato and i think shredded cheese i've never i've never even had the normal bun taco yeah Yeah. because that's like a secret menu item for them and when we went we were able to beyond it so not only did we do like their secret menu bun taco we were able to try it with the beyond meat as well bro del taco so fucking up by letting us give them these ideas (laughs) beyond it the go bold like yo we told everyone about go bold yeah you know guys if you're not listening if you haven't heard this before at del taco you can have anything bold and what that means is they put their secret white sauce and french fries on any item on their menu there's a literal button on their cash register that says go bold i've never heard a single marketing <laughs> campaign from them the the biggest thing is food beast video that says go bold and we did it on everything to the point where they will go bold on a milkshake for you they will put secret sauce and fries in a milkshake <laughs> because there's a fucking button their ce their coo is a brilliant dude the C, the the operations there are fantastic. <laughs> it all works. But Fubi's going to do your marketing from now on. Have you had this bold style milkshake in your life? I have. There's a video. Just search Go Bold. Is it good? Yeah, you, yeah Go It's fantastic. It's just white sauce mixed into uh, milkshakes. You get sweet and salty and your fries. <laughs> Yo. The fries aren't weird, y'all. Yeah. Wendy's been doing it for years. Wendy's been crushing the marketing game, telling people to put fries in their milkshake. So anyways, Del Taco, congratulations for five. You could have been number one, but... <laughs> Try harder next year. All right. Number four. Uh, this is the last one we'll all, I'll feel a little bit flimsy about, but I yeah. feel like KFC sh- should be higher. But, uh, what are you talking about? Okay, go, hold KFC is number four. Before you, rant, before you rant, Costa, you should start this round with your argument for KFC okay. being number four. When I first, like, when we were first thinking food game changers, it's like, who is the most innovative? Who's doing the most wacky stuff? Who's creating the most like insane menu items that are doing all of these cool, dope things? And for me, it was hands down KFC. Hit me with hit me with the items. Okay, here's the stuff that KFC came out with this year. They started out with a collab with Cheetos, where okay. they made an exclusive cheesy Cheetos sauce that went on top of their fried chicken. Then they put more Cheetos on top of the fried chicken and made a Cheeto sandwich. That was... I mean, it's just like a great combo of cheese and fried chicken that so was dope. My gut on that is it first sounded lazy. When I first heard the news about a Cheetos KFC sound, I was like, y'all just put regular Cheetos? <laughs> well, because it, because it comes off the cycle of three years of hot Cheeto everything, Yeah, right? so I, I yeah. thought they mi- took a misstep. <laughs> so I was like, like, oh, they missed the cue. They yo, thought it was regular Yo, you Cheetos. guys, you just used the mediocre Cheetos? <laughs> <laughs> Use the worst Cheeto? What are you doing? You can afford the other one. But they you guys are them. owned by the same company. Pick any Frito-Lay you want. But they made their own sauce so that, and then i gave them that I, I like that they actually went in a little gourmet they made their own sauce and that was it wait that was a sauce that you put on fried chicken yeah they like put the cheeto sauce on the fried chicken and then put that in a sandwich okay but it wasn't it wasn't also like here's your fried chicken with this sauce just put it on without a sandwich no it was like they coated the fried chicken okay did you sauce. have the sandwich i did it was very cheesy very salty but i mean it was I like Cheetos, so I liked it. Okay, because I, and maybe I didn't necessarily initially agree with like the four spot is because 
I, I had a kind of a similar malaise with, okay, they did something Cheetos, right? Because Cheetos has been covered so much here at Food Beast where I have my own malaise about it. Like, even though I love, I, I love hot Cheetos. They're the best. They're the best chip. But the amount of coverage we gave to items like burritos and burgers and whatever that used or like fried stuff in, you know, in hot Cheeto stuff for them to be like, you know, post Cheetos restaurant in New York to be like, by the way, we got a Cheeto sandwich. It felt like yeah, the old like, found out about <laughs> Facebook yeah. yesterday. Like, that's is what this, it sounded like. It, like this would have been dope in 2014. You and know? If, and if there was this was their only innovation of 2019, I would agree with you. But they had more. Okay, hit, hit me with the next thing. Oh, it gets okay. better? Yeah. So oh. the next thing they did is they <laughs> they collaborated with Cinnabon okay. to make cinnamon roll frosted biscuits. So KFC biscuit cool. I like that. In, in a cinnamon roll form with Cinnabon frosting on top. How was that? Oh, it was so good. Is that an LTO? That, can I still get that? That was an LTO, sadly. That sounds pretty good. I didn't, I didn't have it. They should bring that, that back. But KFC, that sounds pretty good. KFC, bring that back because it was seriously delicious. It was probably like one of the best desserts they've ever had on the menu was that Cinnabon dessert biscuit. Do you like the biscuits at KFC? I mean, on their own, it's like a standard biscuit. It's yeah, all right. Yeah, it's kind of dry. It's kind of salt. I mean, I but, like salty, so don't get me but wrong. The but frosting adds, the frosting and the cinnamon butter, yeah. sugar butter inside, adds so much moistness to it. I, rem- I remember the first time that I put an apple cinnamon butter on a biscuit, and it like changed my life. I would imagine that a Cinnabon with ice, hopefully not too much icing, but with icing on a biscuit, like I could see that being really like super indulgent but i could see that being nice i will admit they sent us a half dozen the day it released <laughs> i'm responsible for the only one who tasted it. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably true i ate, ate at least three that's probably why i didn't know because i didn't even realize this is kind of a dope <laughs> item the, I news, didn't try didn't, it, the news didn't make your desk you lied yeah, you made it to my mouth first okay do they have do they have anything else yeah so there's two more things that they did these ones aren't as like one of them is pretty crazy. The next one is like kind of eh in terms of innovation, but still interesting. They took the classic combo of fried chicken and waffles and said, "Hey, I'm gonna raise you with a little bit of a Los Angeles savory tribute, and we're gonna go fried chicken and donuts instead." Like that's a sandwich. Uh, they had it was yeah, a it was platter a form. No, no, it's a sandwich. And as a sandwich, it was both. So they did it the same way they did the chicken and waffles. So they had sandwich form and platter form. I mean, like, look, I I get why it could make this list. This feels like a quantity over quality play at number it four, was super right? Qu- it was super uh, quantity. quantity based. Because, listen, in any other year, we would be really inundated with crazy innovation from Taco Bell. Uh, Carl's would be throwing some wild shit at the wall. We didn't get that a lot in 2019. I think we had different punches of innovation either in quality and service and tech in tech yeah. and, and and meat and protein right from the lamb halal guys to this wave of vegan meats but kfc was the only one that went buck wild and tra- said we're gonna do the crazy shit right i just don't know if it should have landed at four right like i think it should have deserved to be on the list because they did throw some shit at the wall but yeah. like to be this high is is like hard to sit with for me because well, the reason why with those three things that it should be that high is that they introduced a first in plant-based, which is 
hard to do in 2019 because everyone else was doing stuff, but they introduced Beyond Fried Chicken, yeah. which literally no one knew that they were doing until KFC came out with the news and said, yo, we're collaborating with Beyond. Beyond kept it super on the down low. They did a single test of it, sure, in one location, but they had like, what, a two-hour line wrapping around city blocks in Atlanta that day? Like, the hype was real with that Beyond Fried Chicken. The hype is definitely real, but if you do anything from taco, your Taco Bell, your Pizza Hut, your McDonald's, do you do anything with like, hey, let's make a hubbub about this in a single location? You better freaking have a two-hour line around the block. You're like, you have so much marketing at your disposal. You have a consumer base that is engaged at your disposal. Like that's why the beyond stuff, again, I still think it's interesting when you're talking about innovation, they released, they technically released something that was a beyond chicken that I have no idea what that tastes like, what that is. And they released it. And technically, if you were in Atlanta, you could go experience it and you could taste the future, right? But you barely could. And I agree. I, th- I think I see where Jeff's going. Because if you really want to put your nuts on the table, you got to launch it in more than one location. Yeah. Because you could have a line around the block with just your fucking marketing team at KFC, right? Like, yo, go stand in line. It does nothing to me. I tr- We tried to send a reporter there and the line, like, the line was this faux fabric like doing it at one location doesn't prove anything you might as well have just kept it in internal your lab because yeah. what you did was you just tried to test the water to see if people gave a shit and you and it did and, and they did give a shit a little bit but it's not a real test at all if it's one location you might as well just invited people into your headquarters and tried it and done that that's what i was a little off about it because i agree if they actually did even like two location tests Three location tests with this chicken. That means you actually have enough to potentially distribute and go national. But again, if it was an actual thing, I agree. KFC might have even been higher because then you had all these brands competing over the beef. No one was even thinking Think about, about chicken. Uh, yeah. No one was thinking Especially about chicken. when like no one was talking about doing vegan fried chicken right. at this level of. For the past five years, it's been hey, we're gonna make vegan beef that looks and tastes exactly like beef. We knew that Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. Or thinking about doing chickens and fish and whatever, but no one had actually come out with a prototype product, and then to see the first one drop at KFC is Did, crazy. Didn't didn't either the KFC CEO or the Yum Brand CEO said that they didn't have alternative meats in mind for KFC earlier this year? It was we were in Beyond Meats headquarters. We had just chatted with the CEO. Great video. Go look it up. Beyond Meat Food Beast. Uh, and we had asked because they were working on beef. I'm like, yo, you guys like keeping any other uh, meats in mind? Because like, yo, you, what you guys are doing for beef, you could do for chicken, right? And they're like, ah, oh, we're trying to focus on our core product right now. They really threw us off the lead. This was like maybe two months out from us hearing the news about KFC, and this was just a this was just like a day or two after their uh, they went their, their opening bell on, on the and they went public. So like. This is their head of marketing. We were in their kitchen with their lead chefs and scientists throwing us off the lead. Who knows what else Beyond Meat's working on that they're not letting us into? It wasn't just that, too, because a year ago, KFC in the UK said that they were going to test a plant-based fried chicken. I reached out for comment from KFC USA. At the time, they said that they weren't planning on doing vegan fried chicken either. Yo, I think they might just be moving fast. Maybe they're not even throwing us off the trail. They're moving fast because um, in May of this year, Kevin Hawkman, who heads KFC's US division, specifically said they did not have any plans to test vegan alternatives. 
but he had meetings scheduled with several major suppliers to learn a more meatless. This that's why the Beyond stuff isn't innovative to me because it was, you know, it, it was kind of a switch. They had talked in the media about like KFCs not were not necessarily going in that direction, and they probably see everything else, and then they tried Beyond's chicken and were like, oh shit, this is pretty good. We can do a we can do a media day surrounding it, even though we can achieve no scale because Beyond's not ready to do it at scale. And so they they like limp dick into like do, doing like whatever, something that has a media hubbub because anyone who's doing a vegan fried chicken it's like going to like cause waves right now, right? And especially if you're KFC. But that's why, like, to me, it's almost a knockoff KFC. Like, you didn't really do it because really doing it is really hard. And if you got, yeah. if they do, if they distribute, even if it's for a short window, a 30 day period, but they find more than a region, like, I'm talking about at least a multi regional scalable Beyond Fried Chicken. They're on the list next year, but like right now, just like it feels a little schemy. What I yeah, don't know if you it's it's like it's like saying if Popeyes came out today and was like, yo, we're gonna have vegan fried chicken. That's the announcement. They leave you hanging for two weeks. They put out another announcement in two years from now. <laughs> That's exactly what the fuck KFC did. What what other difference other than they said that a certain amount of people got to try it at one location? That they said. Oh, I want to throw in a wild card item too, if I can. Uh, in France, KFC actually did like a not not official, but like a collab that's kind of like Taco Bell like, where they had a double taco. It was a chicken taco with a hard shell and a soft shell tortilla at the same time. If that was introduced here, that shit would like super bang. Wait, is the chicken in like a specific form? It's like it's like a think like naked chicken chalupa. Yeah, but there's also inside a tortilla the shell? inside the Yo. fried chicken shell. So here, if you guys want to see a picture, no, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I get it. If they would re if they would release that here, they're yeah. on the list. It's on it's on it's in France and it, like they were testing it out there, but like that's. I mean, it's Yum Brands. Yo, Talk KFC, about release, brands. release it here and people people will go crazy. One Absolutely. Of, one of the only things like I think it's worth notable for KFC, which I just found really funny. It's not innovative at all. But the fact that they like gave like with certain uh, combos, they like gave you a free chocolate cake or like a cake what? came with it. Did you guys see that? It's nah. like nah. It's, it's part of the advertising. You know, like the... The fucking guy from The Hobbit, Sam Astin, Rudy. He's like Rudy, yeah, Rudy. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. like the Colonel now, and they're like, they're you can get a full chocolate cake at KFC. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a full like you imagine you walked into a grocery store, went to their bakery, and got that circular chocolate cake. Yeah, like they have it at KFC and. Like it's not innovation at all. It's cooler I, news than the theoretical but, fried but, chicken that's yeah, vegan. But I also think like, yo, these guys are like just they just have cakes. Like that's so much space. Like they just have chocolate. They have full chocolate cakes to like anyone who wants it. Well, they're not taking up any space and with it, the vegan fried chicken. They got plenty of room. 
Yeah, all over the fucking world. And I was just like, yo, it's not innovation because you know you could sort, you could probably source a chocolate cake from the ten thousand vendors across the U.S. But the fact that they just like sell chocolate cake, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know whether to be impressed or embarrassed. Like it's, it's kind of funny. Dope with like yeah, fried it's chicken. Funny. Like you're just gonna go when you're at KFC, you've kind of been like, meh, it's over now, right? <laughs> so like, you might as well get the chocolate cake from Matilda. Like, you like, might as well go full <laughs> calorie. Okay. I know that you're trashing on like the fact that they only had the Beyond Fried Chicken in one spot. Eat. Yeah. But if this comes out like three, four months from now and is all of a sudden either in 200, 300 locations or nationwide, yeah. how would you feel? Oh, it's on the list, dude. It's, no, I feel it's good. It's crazy. Just, they just didn't do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they didn't do it. Like If Carl's Jr. said, we're coming out with the vegan burger, I'd be like, cool, I'll, I'll be there when, when it's out. But like they put their nuts on the table and put the burger out and people liked it. You know what I mean? So like I just think it's... It's whack. I think it's. I. I just think it's bad. It's just bad juju to say that shit. Like, it, yeah, I. I agree with you. If it's it like does they get all out. the accolades from without press any of the work. without any of the work. It's clickbait. Yeah, it's clickbait yeah. food more than anything. At least Starbucks when they put the clickbaity. Uh, rainbow frappe out. They actually put it out. And people actually threw up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, fucking KFC said we're coming out with something. Uh, only twelve people get to try it though. I swear, we promise you it's good. And you're saying like it might come out in three months. Like you're the only person who said there might be a due date. And I know you're just creating a, a situation. So I'm not knocking you. I, I I get that it could should be on this list because they've at least said that they're picking a vendor right like that was a nice picking the vendor moment we picked beyond meat we're going to have fried vegan fried chicken in our future but it's like giving uh tesla the praise for having a electric pickup truck it's not out yet so you can't buy shit right i'm not giving you praise for the press release i fucking hate press releases fuck you guys for putting press releases out <laughs> when the product's not there yet you know what i mean so sorry i, I mentioned that kfc was the last one that i'm gonna have that kind of energy towards I know there's one left, but uh, there's nah. there's three left on our list. Yeah, this was making it fun, y'all. Okay, yeah. but let's jump right. in because KFC's jump. pissing me off. Let's talk about <laughs> one that made me very happy, and I'm it, it made me so happy uh, that I think as a group we decided it lands at number three, and that's Krispy Kreme donuts. Yo, well, because it's about time that someone decided. I'm going to take the old school ring donut yeah. ring, and I'm going to fill it ring with, donut with cream Blaze. so that you can eat it like a Twinkie, Charles I don't Barkley. Under, I don't understand. You're the scientist, Costa. Explain to how me they fill it? how, how they, fill, they it? fill a ring with air in the center. How do they do it, dog? They've got to like have some way. Like, it has to be mechanized. It has to be some like micro holes or some shit like that. You know, like. <laughs> yo, no hold hole. on, hold on, Coast. Is micro holes the technical term? No. That <laughs> 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 there's just got to be a bunch of like tiny little needles that just like inject the filling. <laughs> Or something like yeah, that. If that you're saying it. that every donut from fucking Krispy Kreme is like on a conveyor belt and then 12 different needles go in at different <laughs> points of the donut, that's definitely not how they do it. <laughs> Yo, but what if it is? Because how else are they doing it? I don't know how else, though. That's a better idea that I could come up with. But I think my level of stupor 
is like why I voted so highly for Krispy Kreme to be on this list. It is the one thing they did that I know of. Yo, some baker, <laughs> some bakers listening to this shit. They're like, those foobies boys are uh, dumb as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this shit for years. I've ne- as long as I've had Krispy Kreme, which is probably one of the best donuts in the world, that like original glaze just melts in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Get a food so boner. melty. It's yeah. so good, man. With the hot sign. Yeah, when the hot sign goes up, the red, you know, it's fresh. It's coming off the conveyor belt. I, I just always was like, yo, why? Why do they never fill the ring donuts? I was like, I want. And if they did, like, how would they do it? Because it's imp- impossible for millennial. That's <laughs> yo, why. that's just like the David Blaine of donuts. <laughs> like, he's it's, it's right in front of your eyes. You, they promise you there's no tricks, but it's still awesome to no, watch. It's actually David Blaine who like <laughs> magic's the filling it. Your, your explanations are getting worse, Ghost. You're getting less getting, and less scientific. <laughs> like, we like have you on as we've called you out as the food scientist, and you're going in. It was magic as the argument. Well, like let me explain. So the way the donut works is you've seen David Blaine magic, right? Ghost, <laughs> this is not why we pay you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. Guys, really, Krispy Kreme did nothing else. This year. Yeah, <laughs> like I have nothing else. I have nothing else to say about number three. Like that's that just, it's, it's amazing. Okay, it's, well, what I will say though is 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 the fact that why I think it's so high is because they did revolutionize something that's so iconic in food, right? Like when we talk about pizza or the burger, and it just like kind of turns it on its head without completely bastardizing the product, right? Mm Because that's something like, yeah, if you did it and you did it poorly, then it doesn't matter. You guys liked the product. So good. I, I, it was so much sugar and such a, and such a, it was like, (laughs) what's the problem? If you you guys listening want a sugar high, get this stuffed donut because it's, Mm. I, within one bite, I was like buzzing around, and this is like sans coffee, no caffeine, just straight sugar. I felt it immediately and was like, I gotta stop, but I could see why the sweet tooth would be all over it. America runs on sweet. And then they ran with a uh, another version of it, so same technique, but they filled it with like Reese's pieces, like yo, something like Reese's that. Pieces yeah, being like a peanut butter filling. Get out of here, man! Amazing, Krispy Kreme. I love you guys. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely like something that changed how we think about donuts in general and probably one of the more groundbreaking things. And it's so simple. Did you did you feel like there was equal... I didn't eat a whole donut because I ate one bite and was like, woo! But did you feel like there was equal filling throughout the Dog, entire it, donut? It felt like they made the donuts in a factory. Everyone yeah. was like, Perfect. suit the freaking like milligram of like filling ratio to dough. Like it was oh, that. That's spot gotta on. be a. That's gotta be a mechanized process. Yeah, man. It, it was. It was incredible. I mean, I had about six that first day. <laughs> it was amazing. No, no way. I had, you didn't have I had a six. Lot. Dude, I love donuts and I love Krispy Kreme. I don't get it that often. It's, you had six. But they're eat. Man, I don't know what you're trying. Like they. They are very sugar rich. But like. A Krispy Kreme donut kind of slides in the mouth. <laughs> There's not a lot of work. You don't need to chew. It just slides. No, it's very smooth. It's, I love it. But this was like a Twinkie in donut form. Let's be real. Yeah. It is heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Yo, anyway, you ate six for real? a lot. Not in one sitting, like over the course of the day. I had three. <laughs> that's, still, that's still ridiculous to me. Yo, dude, I thought donuts. you were going to say over the course of like three days, maybe. Did over you see the, the box that we got? It was huge. There was like 40 donuts in it long. 
long style. Yo, when boxes like day, that bro. show up to our lobby, it's it's tough. Yeah, I love know? it. I love it. Okay, so Krispy Kreme three, uh, number two. So you said that you weren't contentious with any other thing left on this list, and but I then beg we have to this. differ based based on our previous conversation. So I just don't think this one should be this high. I think it deserves on the list absolutely. Okay, is it innovative? Absolutely not. Is it like game breaking? Did it generate huge conversation? Absolutely. And no, I think I it's going to like- Costa. I think it's game changing in its own way. So like number 2 Popeyes. Game changing, yes, innovative, no. That's what I'll that's what I'll start with. Okay. Okay. Uh well, but go ahead. You guys put it this high. Well, cuz you know, I'm going to start with my argument because that to you to be on this list, you have to be innovative, right? And again, if you just have like the most successful menu item which it did i think we can all say that of 2019 the popeye's chicken sandwich is the most successful at the very least limited time item i don't know what the revenue we don't have private like data from companies to like really see how it performed but based on like the pop culture awareness the media coverage as well as it being sold out everywhere i think we can make the assumption that it was one of if not the most, one of the most successful limited time menu items to the point where they rushed it to come back. And I think we have a new date on it coming back. November 3rd. November 3rd, which is the make Sunday. it permanent too. I don't think it's going to be LTO I'm anymore. I'm sure they're going to try to make it permanent yeah. as well. My So here, here, here's my, my take. I've never had a chicken breast, no matter what context that chicken breast was cooked that was more juicy than i had in this popeye's chicken sandwich i talked with our friend chef aaron who works for like you know a seasoning company that develops things specifically for quick service and we kind of both joked about on the live stream that we were like hey this has to be injected right like there's there's (laughs) there's literally no way that even if you're pounding a chicken breast to make it flatter and so it doesn't have that weird oblong shake uh, shape in the sandwich. The sandwich itself just looks like a huge thick patty, and I mm, and I get but so it's good. but it's still white meat, right? So and it's to like me, really juicy. To me, the level of innovation wasn't the sandwich itself because we live in the ubiquity of chicken sandwiches. It was who the Popeyes product. R&D development team is like they out of nowhere made the best quick service chicken sandwich. And I say that loving Chick-fil-A. I say that loving other fried chicken sandwiches. And I didn't think I needed a replacement. I I had I had. Oh, Popeye's is doing a chicken sandwich. Cool. I guess I'll try it when I'm there. (laughs) And then when we're talking about it on a previous pod, we had it. We had it not fresh from the store, and and again, they're still my, dope, and still mm-hmm. dope. And so, to me, it was the combination of the Popeyes level of innovation on making a chicken breast and a chicken sandwich the dopest thing, and then it also being the most pop culture relevant and successful menu item of 2019 is why I I wanted it as high as it could go recognizing that because it's not like true menu item innovation you know maybe it can't sit under the number one seat but that's that's my argument for innovation i will say that everyone is going to be trying to figure out what popeye's r&d did to that chicken in 2020 
you're going to be seeing a lot of fast food chains reformulating their fried chicken sandwiches. So I I love the chicken sandwich. I'm in full favor of Popeyes being on this list. Two's and, too and, high and, in your opinion. Two's a little too high, and here here's why. I think you should always commend brands that do something simple but do it so well that it gets talked about. And I haven't heard about that in recent memory anywhere, right? Like when we talk about fast food, it's usually because they did something kitschy or fuckboy-y, if you will. Like Taco Bell making something, out, a shell out of- An egg. Chips, right? right? Like, yeah. So that's why we talk about it. There's very seldom major fast food brands that we talk about based on the quality. You know, the the ones that you think of are like a Shake Shack, right? They didn't do anything crazy, but the burger's so good, high quality. Same with In-N-Out, right? Yeah. In-N-Out, there's an argument that they're just innovation is in how they continuously innovate their business to stay consistent yeah. over years, right? But it's, it's not the very silent fun. consistency that yeah. we were talking about. It's not a fun person to put on this list though, right? Yeah. Like they didn't do anything new. There's some of the marketing might be a little different. And I thought that's what Popeyes did, right? They came out with... It's long been murmuring that Popeyes has some of the best fried chicken in the game. Yeah. Right? So that part isn't new. They're number one on my list. Right. And it's been on... And it's up there with mine too. Yeah. But would I count them as innovators in 2019? No, because I would then want to bring in and out into this list. Right? Because they're just keeping up the good quality. So... But what I think happened was it was a perfect cross-section of really high-quality tasty menu item and dumb fucking luck <laughs> dumb cultural luck here's why i agree with you on the dumb luck thing because popeyes had the sandwich out for two to three weeks before, before it, started, it took off before it took off and it was just for those first two to three weeks people were going and eating a sandwich but then someone started talking about it on twitter and being like yo this popeye sandwich is freaking tight and then everyone else went and tried it and it just ballooned into this viral effect that made Popeye sell out of like three months worth of fried chicken in three weeks. And so what's dumb luck about it is you can't control virality. So when people say they're doing it, they're wrong. You can prep for it. And I don't know if they prepped that intern at Popeye's to be really dope at Twitter, but they capitalized on Twitter in a time where like, Again, this wasn't like such a major market release for them, right? It didn't feel like that. They didn't have a huge campaign coming out of the gate. With they didn't it. run it. Did we get pitched? No. There was a I press. Don't re- I, don't, oh. I don't remember. They launched with Izzy a pi- dumb, Izzy got pitched. The, the dumb campaign where oh, they the, utilized like, spot, the spot, right? The, so, guys, a little background. Back a couple years back, we covered this story of a Long Beach cafe that was repurposing Popeye's oh, shit. chicken. That's right. Yeah, that's right. She was game. reselling Popeye's chicken, frying it. Yelp and Food Beast caught her in the act of doing so. We reported on that story went viral to the point where she became somewhat of a villain who was putting health at risk because she was buying chicken from Popeye's down the street, refrying it in her kitchen that wasn't zoned to do so, and then serving it on the menu and passing it off as her own. Oh. Once she got caught, she admitted to it being Popeyes because Popeyes is the best chicken. Why would I and get anywhere else? She doubled else? down on that shit. She yeah. doubled down. Anyways, I think over time she is no longer the owner of that restaurant. Whatever, something happened. Well, the restaurant was closing, and then Popeyes kind of was like, "Hey, we had this news cycle. We got called the best friend." Like, 
our chicken so good that restaurants used it, passed it on their own, and they basically bought out this restaurant to do their own marketing ploy to launch this chicken sandwich, which now that I remember, we discussed about it, how lazy marketing that was. It's, it felt lazy yeah. when, when that came out, so we just kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. But little did we know the chicken sandwich was freaking amazing. Right, but didn't it wasn't a big out of the gate thing. It was a def, it was a very subtle, lazy marketing thing that they did. But they just again, culture speaks for itself. Twitter decided that this was the sandwich. It decided that. And as a result, whoever was running their account on Twitter really catapulted it. And other dumb lumbering brands decided oh God, chick-fil-a you know they got invited and, th- and essentially it helped catapult popeyes even further, further they yeah. tried to be as witty as popeyes and they couldn't, couldn't handle it. it you do not do twitter if you can't and as a result popeyes slapped the shit out of chick-fil-a <laughs> slapped the shit out of wendy's slapped anyone who had a chicken sandwich <laughs> slapped the shit out of bojangles bojangles <laughs> yeah. got caught Dude, up. There, the amount of rips in the t- in twitter related to the popeyes chicken sandwich was record they just yeah. roasted everyone <laughs> but also like bojangles was self-roasted you know what i mean like yeah. it wasn't even they had to get they had you know some intern put up like a really whack photo and like they didn't, and Twitter was just like, are you serious? Yeah. You know? And I've never seen fervor after what happened there, after the digital realm, Twitter. You, there was not palpable, a Popeyes. Palpable fervor. Yeah. There was not a Popeyes without a line out the door. Every single one had like an hour wait. We had to call just to get chicken sandwiches for the podcast because we were talking about it. That was the Ben Hundreds episode, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Just. Like Pete had to call six locations just to see if they had it in stock to then go wait in line to then get it. But like Popeye's in Southern California, there are lots of locations. So like the fact that he had to call six just to see who had it that day, then wait in line and go at the earliest moment that they open for our pod. It's crazy. I don't think I'd seen a Popeye's before then that had more than two or three people in the dining room. Let alone go into a Popeyes now, where like literally during the fervor when the sandwich was available, if you drove by a Popeyes, there was a line out the door. Yeah, like yeah. it was mesmerizing. Like my girlfriend would call me, she's like, "I'm still in line at Popeyes," and an hour later, I have to check in with her. She's still online <laughs> at, at Popeyes. Like I've never seen that anywhere, and that's like with Taco Bell's fervor with the Doritos Locos Taco. Like people liked it. There was fervor online. It was a top selling item, but. The scarcity effect, the lack of foresight that they... Th- they didn't believe this sandwich would move the way it did. They had no freaking clue at all. And it helped the story. Yeah. Because yeah. as, soon, as soon as someone goes and sees that line and or they're out, that's all they're thinking about. They're yeah. like, when is that line going to go down? When are they going to have it back? I missed out because I didn't get it. So it's just like, I'm going to check tomorrow. And that fervor of just people checking and like going to the locations, it was like you couldn't plan this. They didn't plan the scarcity effect. If Popeyes was smart, they would have tried to monetize every single penny that they could have off all of that viral marketing. But because it was scarce, it added to this lore and narrative of the chicken sandwich that you can't even get. They didn't do it on purpose. Like, There's no way you risk as a company that large. You don't risk people 
maybe giving a shit again. Yeah. You don't do it. Like yeah. it's coming out this weekend, but you don't risk people still caring. Like it, it's it's really risky. Like people will talk about it, but there's no guarantee that people are going to go out and get this chicken sandwich again. So I've never seen social media fervor around something like people recording videos in a Popeye. Like you just never see it's never. Yeah, this was definitely the most viral fast food item, if not of just 2019 all time. I felt like it it was so popular that 10,000 mukbang accounts just started out yep. of nowhere. And that's what like I'm like who I know this person. Why are they eating fried chicken sandwiches like on YouTube? Oh, because they used the chicken sandwich to start their YouTube account. I felt like I saw that multiple times. And there was no war, right? So I feel like normally in and out fan base will have a fervor against the Shake Shack, Shack fan right. base. It, for once, it was just this totally culturally accepted chicken sandwich. Everyone. Like, didn't it didn't matter what your walk of life or race was, what you did for a living. This chicken sandwich was, was for you. dope. This it is was, for the people. It doesn't it cost unanimous. 20. It costs four, right? Like yeah. It, plus, you had the entire LGBT community. It's like, we've been waiting for another chicken sandwich. Thank you. Yeah. Let's gravitate to someone <laughs> also... Everyone who just likes chicken sandwich is like also open on Sunday, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> there was like so many arguments that were like kind of built in inherently, just waiting for someone someone else to offer something equitable to the Chick Fil A sandwich. That you're right, it didn't like it. It started out as a war between Popeyes and Chick Fil A. And then Chick-fil-A got crushed and then Popeye's was just sitting on its own and everyone who tried to compare it just got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't fuck with the internet, dude. Just don't do it. So yeah, Popeye's, number two. Number two. But serendipitously number two. And I just think, again, innovation is weird in this context because there was so much inherent dumb luck that got yeah. it there. That was my... Uh, that's why I was so conservative about wanting to put it at number two. I do think they need to be commended for just putting out such a good product. You could strip it all away. It's still just a very, very good chicken sandwich. And you're at a gonna, time when there's, Jeff mentioned, there's a shit ton of chicken sandwiches to choose yeah. from. And I'm going to, I said it before and I'll say it again. Everyone is going to be reformulating their chicken sandwiches in 2020 and 2021 to be more like Popeye's. They're all going to look at this Mondo burger of the chicken sandwich game, bro. Yeah, it, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. Okay, number one. This name surprises me at number one, and I don't think if you were to tell me at the beginning of this year in 2019 that the that the brand that would be our pretty unanimous number one. I mean, because to get to the number one slot, right, you had there had to be a strong feeling across the editorial department to like raise above. You know, Krispy Kreme, who might be like per capita the most innovation per menu, like in the single menu item, had to raise above the fucking crazy fervor of Popeyes, had to raise above the six innovations that KFC did throughout the year, right? If you, again, if you told me this name, I would have been like, nah, I'll put $100 on any other brand outside of this name. And, and what other, didn't make the list, right? Like, yeah. Well, Taco Bell. Would Taco have made our list in any other year? List. Not on the list. Yeah. McDonald's. Not, not on, on the, the list. list. Wendy's. Not, not on, on the, the list. list. We wanted to start looking at uh, kind of the Asian bakery, Asian tea house segment. I don't think it's mature enough just yet to be as big and ubiquitous as we would like. That's for another list, but like you're 85 degrees of the Yo, world. Yo, get there next year, 85 degrees. Yeah. We're watching. These fast food Korean concepts are incredible. The seafood concepts, I think there's some stuff bubbling up like slapfish, but they're not big enough yet. 
that can make this list. So it really, I would be surprised too that this brand is at the top of the list. But I'm after seeing what they did this year, I think we're all basically in agreement that with what they did, they deserve to be at the top. Yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement that they're. It's a pretty unanimous number one. I'm just so surprised that yeah. it's here. Yeah. So we're talking about. Carl's Jr. AKA Carl's. Hardee's. Yeah, man. Yeah. AKA some still the best charbroiled burger <laughs> in the game. It's so good. And that's in Beyond or Not, huh? Beyond or Not. And it, it, I had this revelation a little bit earlier this month where, <laughs> again, Carl's Jr. was one of the first uh, major burger chains to embrace a plant-based patty on their menu yeah they were second behind white castle right um uh, fat burger also had it too but yeah. those guys did impossible but they weren't embraced like fat burger like it was cool that it was on a fat burger menu but they didn't they didn't nationally spread it out right and and fat burger doesn't have the footprint of a carl's jr hardy's white yeah. castle is cool but i don't even feel there's such a weird off-brand cultish burger thing that's like are you even a burger you're just a slider well, appetizer you're also, fast food. you're also west coast and those guys have been ogs in the east since like the 20s fair enough fair enough but uh i had this revelation that carl's jr's beyond famous star is probably one of the best pound for pound dollar for dollar vegan burger options you can have anywhere and and i and i had a monty's burger recently and yeah. i've had monty's burger explain monty's for those who don't know so a monty's burger was one of the most uh notable vegan burger stands in out of la they they started on the festival scene and then they opened up and they had these rave reviews people were equating them with like the in and out of the vegan burger space but super the price point was nothing like in and out. Yo, it was 15 bucks for yeah, like a burger. Minimum, like 15 bucks for a single, single patty burger, right? It's, you, you're not walk. I walked out of there. I had a, a lunch with my girlfriend and we spent $60 Ooh. at a fast food burger spot, right? Is the, it still like you order at the counter? It's still, it's still you order at the counter. It's still that expensive and it does not taste as good as Carl's Jr.'s Beyond Famous Star at me. I'm sorry. Monty's it's too expensive and it doesn't taste as good is that so how much <clears throat> can you separate the the your nostalgia bias from like how much you love the charbroiled like Carl's Jr. sure I mean and like why why does it stack like pound for pound like what do you like about it I like that I hit <clears throat> the drive-through I like that I got it for seven or eight bucks and I like that I enjoyed my burger taste wise more than my most recent Monty's experience. Again, in a vacuum, the first time I had Monty's, I may have been enamored that I'm finally getting a vegan burger that doesn't taste like crusty ass cheeks. <laughs> but that nostalgia and that moment, that allure is gone. There are good options for delicious vegan burgers out there. And Carl's Jr. is leading that pack right now. Like the fact that you there's drive-throughs all across the country that you can hit right this moment and get a solid burger. I, I haven't gotten a regular Famous Star since. And I'll say this: Carl's was the first to come out with the Beyond 2.0 patty, mm. which like capitalized big on textures and marblings and things like that. Yep, it was better than Monty's was using Impossible Foods at the time. Mm. 2.0 wasn't out yet, but even today, I, you could make a case that Beyond 2.0 is as good or better. Than Impossible 2.0. Yeah. When it comes to emulating 
the textures and the flavors of a burger. I think Impossible is a little bit softer on texture. Well, I the, think that Beyond works better for the charbroil because of that too. And that and that's a switch, right? I mean, because I I would argue that Impossible 1.0 smashed Beyond 1.0. Oh, yeah. out of the ballpark, yeah, for sure. So like the Beyond 2.0 is a is a huge step for the company when I can now like I agree, Eli. Like I go to Carl's Jr. and I order the Beyond. I don't have to. I don't have to order the famous star ever. Everything I wanted out of a famous star, I'm getting. Now, I did want to mention that this is a really interesting spot for fast food restaurants because the amount I'm paying at a drive-through is higher than I've like mm-hmm. phenomenally higher than I've ever paid before. When I'm going and when I'm buying two tacos at Del Taco, when I'm buying even the Impossible uh, Whopper at burger king which didn't make this list but i think is was right in play because of the innovation they made on their most iconic item like the famous star is is yeah i mean it's just it i don't need i don't need the regular burger anymore but i'm also paying eight bucks yep and i would never pay eight bucks for a burger out of like the you know the what was it? The $6 burger at Carl's for three ninety five or whatever yeah. it was that eventually just became the $6 burger. And that whole thing is like, I never really bought into the pre like the premium burger at McDonald's, whatever it is, like the quarter pound, whatever it is. I don't, if they have an elevated one more than that's the quarter pound. Oh, yeah, that fresh cooked quarter pound. Yeah. I just like, I never like, that's not why I'm there. If oh, I want, Mac, yeah. If, yeah. If yeah. I want, if I want a really good burger, I'll either make it or go to a place that will actually do it in a craft way. But this is the, the beyond the impossible stuff. I'm willing to go the extra 30, 40% premium just to feel mentally a little bit better about what I'm eating. Do you guys feel similarly? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm with it. I agree with you. It, it's not a cheap alternative, but it's still more affordable than going to sit down at a totally. restaurant Absolutely. and getting what I still genuinely believe is equitable. And I, I'm the dude that I'm going to to always direct people to go to an In-N-Out versus going to pay 30 bucks for a burger anywhere. Like a steakhouse burger is is okay because it's not an experience you can get at most fast food restaurants. You're getting anywhere in the middle. There's no reason to not, unless you want to be served, unless you just want to pay more and you love burning money, there's not a huge reason to get like burgers sit down at these places because again, In-N-Out is equitable. Carl's Jr. right now with the, with the beyond, like they're using the same patty and that's what leveled the playing field with none of these fast food spots making their own plant-based is that the plant-based patty you're getting at Carl's is the same quality as the one you're going to pay at the restaurant. Like at these barbecue houses and stuff that are using beyond, like you're paying 20, it's the same burger guy. I'm sorry. It's the same burger. It's the same patty. Would you pay 13 bucks to get that beyond burger? when you can get it for seven at Carl's. And I think that makes the plant-based meat accessible in a way that it wasn't before because it was all these restaurants charging two bucks to their 13, $14 burgers to upgrade to Beyond or Impossible. And Carl's Jr., yes, is upcharging you one or two bucks, but it's going from, you know, instead of 13 to 15, you're going from four to seven or four to six. And the black mirror in me is, is the same issue I had with uh, Del Taco and Beyond and, and Carl's and everyone basically using the same protein. 
in this beyond. It's just that like, where's the innovation gonna happen? Where are these brands gonna start differentiating if they're all using the same meat? Cause like before there was this allure of like, where's Carl's Jr's meat coming from? Do they have like a special blend? That's what makes Carl's like, that's why I go to Carl's cause they have like their blend of patties, dope if that's what you think. But like, I feel like it's good right now. People can ride the wave of beyond being a plant-based patty that doesn't taste like ass. But like long-term, should these brands be looking for their own like blend of plant-based proteins? Cause it's just gonna start feeling the well, same. And right? I think that's what why it's so important and why they're number one is being, you know, more or less close to first to market, at least in full burger form, right? Cause White Castle was first with Impossible, but Carl's Jr. was first with the, taking their most iconic menu item, mm -hmm. the famous star and putting it in full burger form and going like, yeah, we're okay with the thing that you've we've branded our identity with, the burger, completely switching it up. And that's why first to market, I think, is going to be so important to what you were saying, Eli, is because, yeah, the, any chain that wants beyond now is like, well, they take on investment. They're expanding their production facilities and they're available in grocery stores. Like You can get it. You can get it. Um, but I also think Carl's Jr. is doing like the interesting, doing something interesting by their putting beyond in their iconic burger set. So mm -hmm. the fact that they have a Western bacon cheeseburger with beyond love that dude, which I love that. I love it because I'm not a vegan and I love the double Western cheeseburger mm -hmm. and I feel, and I'll pay a premium to lower my meat intake because I feel that's better for me overall. But to anyone else, that sounds almost hypocritical yeah, because so, you have bacon, mm -hmm. cheese, and a vegan meat patty all on the same sandwich. And so that's where I don't necessarily understand what the next move is with the ubiquity of Beyond and Impossible. But I... Personally, I like what's happening at Carl's because they've now just put Beyond into their identity, right? They're, it's not just the famous star. It's in the double Western cheeseburger that, for the, for the most part, people don't really offer the same thing as what they do. Same with Del Taco, right? It's in their iconic Del Taco. That's going to be put in a hard shell with the cheese and tomatoes and lettuce in the way that they do it. And so it becomes just an ingredient versus the marketing side. I feel like we've yeah. talked about this before, but I've always felt, you know, as a as a brand manager, wouldn't you be afraid of becoming so ubiquitously tied with a brand that you don't own that could do whatever the fuck they want if they want to decide to not serve you the food, right? Because like you've seen it with Taco Bell, they use like Doritos Locos Tacos and Doritos and that became some, it's not ubiquitous, it's not a fundamental part of their menu, they can take it on and off as they go, but it was pretty big yeah. in terms of a LTO. But where there was okay for Taco Bell to do is I think they have relationships, Yum and Pepsi together. So like it's not super weird, PepsiCo and Frito-Lay and all yeah. that, I think they're under the same umbrella. So worst case, like the same company's feeding itself. So I'll be completely honest, I hope that at least for the next three to four years, no fast food chain tries to come out on their own and say, we developed this vegan alternative in-house. Why? Why? Because knowing the science that goes into developing one of these products, finding the source, you doing the testing that you need to, to compare all of the different possible sources for flavor, for texture, for color, is 
years and years of extensive research. Yeah, that but needs what if they've be already done. been doing that? Like, would it surprise? That's why I'm would it saying- surprise you if McDonald's and/or Taco Bell have been working on it for years and have the resources that beyond startup or even impossible didn't have early on? And maybe that's why Taco Bell was so <clears throat> silent this year, and maybe they were like, you know what, like. All those resources we normally put towards the fuckboy items and, and like the Doritos, Locos, Taco. Let's pause that for a second. This Beyond stuff is really interesting, but we're Taco Bell. We can't just use their meat. Let's all those guys, those smart people that you have at Taco Bell, make a meat, dog. Make a meat that no, not dog meat. Make meat <laughs> that's really good, plant-based, that only we have. Let's make Del Taco regret ever being in this category maybe they're doing that that's why i say a few years because i think it does take Mm, those years of research to be able to do that and i think you know if someone came out in 22 23 with their own like if mcdonald's and taco bell came out with their own i think that would be amazing but right now i feel like no company has had the time to Get an R and D team together. I don't think like, you know that. Co- I don't. You don't know the inside of these organizations. How mu- how much resources they have access to. How they can literally go to impossible engineers and R and D scientists and be like, I will I will pay you a million dollars to work for for me the company because I think in the future my company will be dependent on having a source like this that's proprietary formula to us and not relying on a third party and so that's what i'm saying is like the bit like i get what you're saying what you're saying to me is like i don't you don't want a a fast food company to just put out some bullshit product like yeah i get that and i resonate with that but if taco bell has been waiting in in like a drift just watching all this happen because they're like, man, we are so close. And when we're so, and when we launch this, it's going to be better than Beyond and Impossible. Because at this point, it has to be. Maybe yeah. they're playing like, chess. Everyone else playing chess. If you're dog. launching a proprietary stuff, it has to be so good that you're like, oh shit, that's so good that I will not go to the aforementioned Del Taco because their proprietary blend blows these third parties out the water. And I think that's still in the realm of possibilities i like beyond i like impossible but is there room for potential improvement like absolutely and i I don't want to discredit beyond but we've like been in their space we've seen the labs and to be quite frank and maybe i didn't see everything and i mean we didn't know they had chicken coming right so like i did obviously did not see everything i felt like a tyson Taco Bell wallet could pop up that lab with a similar mission statement of changing the world and do it faster. Well, you see, Nestle. We were in the room, bro. I felt like you were as smart, if not smarter, than these dudes that do it all the time. You know what I mean? I'm agreeing with you right now. Yeah. Like Nestle, Tyson, Smithfield, all of these guys in the past year have been coming out with their plant based versions. And. Many of them, if not, well, yeah, just many of them have been comparable or very close to at the very least what Impossible has put out for 2.0. So already you're seeing, at least in the burger space, those companies getting there. I think in terms of vegan beef and vegan chicken, it's going to be saturated within the next few years. If you're talking about the next steps for these companies, which is 
What's the realm for vegan cheese? What's the realm for vegan chicken? What's the realm for vegan mm. seafood? Mm. There's already companies in Silicon Valley and other places that have done years of legwork of research in developing their substitutes that are already being used at places like Google, already being used at places like Tyson has bought a plant-based shrimp company, mm. for example. So I would rather see one of those guys get something from fast food because some of those are gold standards and no one can beat them. Yeah, you're, you're saying that there's a lot burgeoning under the surface that we don't even know about that if they had their heyday would probably do really well, right? And I yeah. think like I, I agree and I can't wait to see that vegan shrimp somewhere so I can try it. And But also until then, if any company decides that they have something that they want to put out nationally... I would be I would be excited for that too, and if it sucks, then we'd say it sucks. You know, yeah. like I would definitely put it under a microscope because I would be comparing it to at this point Beyond and Impossible, which are both gold very standards. good gold standards. Yeah, and I don't want everyone to think that we Carl Jr. made this high on the list just because. Oh yeah, that's they, a really good uh, point. Yeah, that's it really wasn't just put, because of the Beyond Famous star. Costa, you wrote about this and that. Carl's Jr. basically was the first ever fast food chain to launch a CBD item, like a CBD consumable food in their burger. Yeah, so they created this CBD burger for 420, sold it out of like one location in Colorado. They made a special sauce that was infused with CBD that went on the burger. And other than that, it was ingredients like burgers and like their waffle fries and stuff like that that went on it. And here's why I think that's actually really cool and different than uh, KFC trying vegan chicken at one location that no one can try ever. Is that no one's going to fault KFC for trying vegan chicken. Trying the most on-brand PC thing you could do in 2019 is amazing. 50% of the country would slam Carl's Jr. for trying CBD. And the federal government would be like, yo, we haven't even figured out what CBD in food is yet. What are you doing? Yeah. And so that is like, again, it was for a day or whatever on 420. That's funny. But the fact that they tried that, they put that out into the world. They attached their brand to CBD. Yeah. And it goes back to what's made Carl's Jr. kind of special over the years for better or worse. Like every generation, Carl's Jr. kind of reinvents itself in a controversial way. And they seem to fit within the confines of culture at that moment, right? Like in the 90s and in the early 2000s, they were this kind of chauvinistic brand through their marketing. And then now, like in this next phase, they had a weird room where they were just trying to show off their quality and being food porny. And now now they fully embraced like their 420 campaign. Like they had smoke coming out of a Carl's Jr. cup. Like yeah. that, that's going to piss off a lot of the middle of the country. It's going to piss off a lot of conservatives that aren't aligned with this just yet that's a risk for their business and they just went for it and you got to give their marketing team some some kudos for just going for it sometimes so that's also why they kind of made the list is you can kind of expect them to just go for it a lot of the time i think the cbd burger was the riskiest move that any fast food chain could do or did in 2019 because of the legal questions surrounding cbd and cbd infused foods and cannabis infused foods Mm -hmm. Because of the fact that a lot of people in the country, despite the fact that CBD edibles are, you know, being produced at an astronomical rate in states where it is illegal, a lot of the country, it's still not legal and people still don't use it yet. Plus the murkiness within the federal government of laws 
right now about CBD in food. They don't have a clear definition. They don't even think that we should be putting CBD in food right now. There's nothing that says we should. And regulators probably, if they saw it, would be like, yo, we're shutting you down. Well, guys, that's our list. <laughs> yo, recap. 10, Pyology. 9, Starbucks. 8, Subway. 7, Panda Express. Halal guys. Del Taco. KFC in our top three. Krispy Kreme, number two at Popeye's, and our number one, Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. So a lot of surprises on this list for me, guys. For yeah. sure. Like and if you, again, if you were talking about the beginning of the year, who would make it? You know, coming off the two-year run of a dozen different newsworthy menu items from like Taco Bell and stuff, you would just imagine that that would have continued this year. Um, the amount of craziness I feel like we saw in 2018 from just wild menu items. Everything's kind of toned down, new pr new products, new meat alternatives, but yeah. some definitely into some interesting and stuff. I don't know if that was just because there were companies that were looking to do more on the plant-based side for 2019, or if everyone was just taking 2019 as kind of like a break to ideate and develop. And when 2020 comes out the gate, we're going to see a bunch of crazy stuff all over again, but we're going to be keeping an eye on everybody. Like we'll see if Taco Bell comes out with wild stuff in 2020 we'll see if mcdonald's finally gets a plant-based burger in the u.s in 2020 wendy's is launching their breakfast menu in 2020 we're definitely going to be keeping tabs on that and seeing how that changes the game and there's a lot of stuff that this year was great too like we're talking about what ihop did with their gluten-free gluten-friendly breakfast menu what pizza hut did we talked about the collab what Jimmy John's was doing Einstein Bros with that new crazy bagel Rito. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that didn't make this list, and a lot of chains that, even though they didn't, we're gonna be keeping close tabs heading into the new year. So if you guys like this list and you like seeing the behind the scenes of how we kind of come to terms with our, our power listing on FoodBeast.com, let us know on the Apple Podcast uh, Store and let us know. Leave a review. Let us know you want to hear more of this. If you guys agree or disagree with our list, let us know too. Tweet at us at Jeff Kutnick at Book of Eli. If you want to never hear from Costa again, <laughs> I don't agree with you because I love him now because uh, he made some pretty decent arguments, but hit him. He's at Out Here Flourishing on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Uh, Twitter at Constantine underscore spy. Dang, get the branding correct, bro. Get it Dude, all together. Someone stole my Twitter name. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Guys, again, this has been uh, the 100th episode of the Food Beast Catch-Up. This might be in two pieces. Who knows? But enjoy yourselves, guys. Have a beautiful day. And, uh, and follow Food Beast Ketchup on mm. Instagram. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep updating that more and more. Izzy, you update that Food Beast Ketchup? Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Later. This episode of The Ketchup is brought to you by Dean's Dairy Dip, the number one French onion dip in America, and the classic, cool, and creamy sponsor of Food Beast Kitchen League's Dean's Dip Off. We're pitting innovative chefs against Dean's Real Dippers in head-to-head -head recipe battles where the Dean's Dip-Off lets you join the live audience in trying to sabotage the competition. Yep, you can sabotage our contestants live, and no matter what, Dean's deliciousness stays intact. Check out the Food Beast Twitch page for the live streams, recaps, and Dean's Dip recipe videos, and look for Dean's Dip in your supermarket dairy case, because Dean's is Real Dip for Real Dippers.